and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, amen, everybody. This is Brother Frank, and you saw the title, Good Grief, the Testimony of Benjamin Brook. Well, folks, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to share with you what happened. When Benjamin and I decided on this show title, we had actually planned a different show to do this week, but we changed it uh, at the last minute. Benjamin has some um, exciting things he wants to talk about coming up here in about the 70 weeks and of Babylonian captivity in Israel and the parallels and all that stuff, and uh, the 70 years, excuse me. And so we decided, though, because there's been so much asking for and this, you know, for Benjamin's testimony. And, you know, there's through the years I've heard, been listening to Benjamin and, and met him first time in 1999, so almost uh, 20 years now, 19 years, I guess, for me. And there's He's had some things way back in the day that he did some of his testimony on. If you read his book, you can pick a a lot of it up of The Day of the Lord is at Hand. But I don't really know a full episode. I could be wrong on this anywhere that has it, his complete testimony in it. And that's what we're going to do. And as soon as we decided on it and hung up, I got a message from Benjamin shortly afterwards. He said, you're not going to believe this. My phone line was cut. And and he, I mean, it's literally, I don't know if there was a wreck somewhere, if something happened, but it's literally his phone line went out. You can try to call it. It won't go through. And, uh, you know, that's must have been how powerful this show was. The enemy doesn't want it uh, out, but that's okay. Um, God does. And so if we need to, we'll do it next week. Um, Sometimes, folks, good things come with a little bit of pain. There's some trial. There's some tribulation. And, um, you know, sometimes the Lord shuts the door. He says no. But other times um, there's a battle that ensues. And so we will simply do this show next week, Lord willing. And uh, I do apologize for that. But that is, uh, folks, I'm telling you, keep praying. Uh, This show must be meant for many people. And so we're just asking that the Lord will bring Benjamin's line back up. Uh, They're telling him right now from the phone company it won't be till at least Sunday before it comes back up. So anyways, with that, I am going to just do something here. I'm going to share, talk about something tonight, uh, folks, for just a few minutes. And that's a broken heart. And because I believe a lot of people have been through in the past, either what it's like to really have a broken heart, or you're currently suffering with a broken heart, or you're feeling like your heart is beginning to be broken. And so I want to share just a few thoughts tonight about that, because if I could touch somebody tonight by the Word of God and through His Spirit, not me, but the Lord could touch you, then then this program uh, will not leave out void, but will return bearing fruit, and will not be in vain. So let's pray. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, 
I just ask that you would bless this show. Bless, Lord, to bring forth some fruit, Lord, for your kingdom. And I pray that, Lord, you would do something about Benjamin's um, phone line, Lord, that you would just fix that up, get it back and going. We know the enemy doesn't like this, but, Lord, we know that you are powerful and in control. So I just ask it in Yeshua's powerful name, Lord, and that you would bless this show. Lord, I ask that you would cleanse me of all sin, anything I've done to offend you, Lord. Forgive me now, I pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, you know, if you ask most people how you're doing, they'll say, well, just fine. Especially if you go to church. Hey, how's it going, brother? Oh, it's just fine. You know, how was your week? Oh, it was great, you know. How's your family doing? You, oh, they're just fine and wonderful. I'm willing to bet that the majority of you, no matter how your life is going, that is probably the response that you would say back. But the fact is that the exact opposite is happening in so many people's lives. They're going through some sort of a traumatic situation, uh, something that hurts so bad that it's so grievous and so excruciating to even share that the embarrassment or the, the, the hurt or the just not trusting somebody enough, it's almost overwhelming to be able to just share this burden. And, and so, so many of us, we paint this happy face on, but inside we're weeping, wishing somebody or someone or something could take away this pain. And I know that's so many people that are listening. You know, my wife, so many years, grieved her mother's passing away. Um, you know, she's gotten past it now. Um, but the trauma that she went through with her mother and the abuse that she took, no matter how, how much you can say, well, you know, maybe there was, she had a mental condition, maybe, you know, whatever it might have been her mom had. Well, however, whatever excuse you come up with, it doesn't take away the pain of a daughter needing to be loved by her own mother. And so my wife, I remember when this, her mom's birthday would come around, she would get so grieved and so hurt and so upset. And because many in her family wouldn't talk about the problem, they act like it never, the things that took place never happened. And my wife would be so utterly grieved that the pain just, it's, un, it's unbearable. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18 that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? You know, sickness is something we can deal with, right? But when someone you love or respect hurts you, it touches a place in the inner soul that hurts so deep, we often don't have the very words to explain it. What do we do when, when we're hurting? How are we to cope with the, that unbearable pain that we so often silently carry with us? Well, you know, common logic would say, you know, uh, tell us, or would tell us that if we could find someone who we could trust, especially if that person had maybe also suffered some of the same things, then, then maybe they could understand where we're coming from and, and give us some, some good encouragement on, on how they were able to deal with the situation, or just maybe you could begin to have hope and, and could see the light at the end of the tunnel. See, it, when you're in that pain that hurts so deep, 
and you talk to people that sometimes haven't been in the same situation, you feel like they can't really relate to you always. And we always try the best we can to comfort our brothers and sisters. And maybe they try to comfort us, or, or maybe you don't have anybody to comfort you at all. But it's when that person has been in the same situation that you are in, and you see how God has brought them through, it begins to show us a path towards healing. Because sometimes when we're in that deep darkness of a broken heart, we forget the kindness and the love and the healing of God. Matthew 27, if you got your Bible and you want to turn there with me. Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 15. You'll remember this as soon as we get started, this story. Now at the feast of the, of the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, who they would. And they, had, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that the envy they had delivered him. For the envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this, that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate Unto them, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with the Jesus which is called the Christ? They said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? Hath he done? But they cried even the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw he could prevail nothing, but rather the tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Now, think about this here for a moment. Here Jesus comes into this world to save those which don't deserve to be saved, to redeem a fallen people, to save those for, for whom he created this world for. To give deliverance to the oppressed. He spent his time on this earth giving sight to the blind. He caused the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the, 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 the mute to talk again. He caused you know, the, the, the dead to rise again. And he, all he did was good on this earth. And they call him down to this final moment where he's paraded before all the people, those to which he came to save, and they're looking at Jesus, and they're looking at Barabbas the murderer, and they've got a just, righteous man who loves them with all of his heart, who the creator of the universe is standing right there in front of them, and they look up at Pilate and they say, give us Barabbas, a murderer. They chose a murderer over the Savior. Look about a broken heart. 
the ultimate slap in the face to Jesus was to look at a man who came and did everything right and loved people with the perfect love and to say we'd rather have a filthy, nasty, dirty murderer instead of the Lord. I can't even understand what that would feel like. And then, out of their ignorance, they said, let his blood be on us and on our children. Let his blood be on us and on our children. They were calling out a curse they could not even understand which ended up being a blessing that without it they could not make it. It says then that they released Bravis in verse 26 unto them. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governors took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, mocking him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took a reed, and they smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. They not only chose a robber, but they beat him to an utter pulp. And they spit on him, and they mocked him. And the crown that he so readily deserved... They made it of thorns so that he'd be bleeding upon the brow. You want to talk about a broken heart? You want to talk about what it's like to be in pain? And there's some of us here that we wonder, how can we deal with the pain? And can Jesus really help me? And I'm t- folks, he's been where you're at and way worse. The hurt that Christ must have felt. Knowing that the very ones he's laying his life down for, spitting and mocking and doing all this stuff to him. And you're wondering if someone can relate and understands what you're going through. You see, Jesus was sent for one for one specific reason that so often we forget. And it's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Part of Jesus' actual mission in coming to save a dying world was to heal a broken heart. But see, when you look at this broken-hearted, you know, what it says, heal the broken-hearted, you look at the word in the original, and you know what it literally means? Crush completely. To shatter. He came to heal those 
whose hearts have literally been crushed and shattered. Jesus understands what you're going through right now. And he's so tender-hearted that our God weeps, cares. You know, there's, I, I feel bad for people that, that don't know who the Lord is, and they've got their false gods, their false religions. They, they, they beat people up. They kill people. They try to earn their way in. They, just, they, they can't you know, abuse themselves enough to try to find the favor of their so-called false god. And here our God says, no, I, I actually have compassion. And he weeps. And he knows what it's like to be brokenhearted. And he was sent to heal. You see, a lot of times you've seen those movies of, you know, the, the Matthew, I remember, movie. Of the, it was an audible movie of the Bible. The first one, Matthew, I think was a big famous one. And the Jesus character, you know, he was running around smiling, happy all the time. But that... That's not, that's not really the picture of who Jesus was. I'm not saying he was never, ever happy, but the truth was the Bible says something very different about Christ. Isaiah 53, you know it very well. In verse 3, it says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we steamed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrow. So do you see what's happening here? Jesus is filled full of grief because we turned our heads from him. We hid our face and he is carrying our grief on his own shoulders. And even with all the mercy of God doing that, we still hide our faces from him. And it says, we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But even though all that happened, he was still willing to go because he said it was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. See, so many people here, you get trapped in these brokenhearted and these pity parties, and you keep trying to find healing from someone else. And many times people try to find healing from blaming other people of what's going on wrong in your life. And I can tell you right now, folks, quit blaming other people. The first part to any recovery is taking responsibility, even when you're done wrong by somebody else, and stop the blame game and face the facts and then go to the source of healing. But too many people have been going to empty wells, trying to find peace in temporal things of this earth, thinking that if maybe you could just buy something or go on the right vacation or just get away or read the right book or go to the right Watchmen conference or whatever it might be, then you can find the peace that you're looking for. But in reality, it doesn't matter how many of these you go to, you end up in that same spot of despair. And Jesus has his arms out calling for you. Come home. See, the world may not love you, but Jesus does. The world might not care about you, 
but Jesus does. The world might do things wrong to you and doesn't care if you are poor, broken, or whatever, but the Lord does. And he suffered and died so he could be with you. You know what's interesting? But all the things that God can do and all the amazing things that you read in the Word of God. You know what's interesting? The Lord says in Psalm 34, 15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. God is listening to those that are crying out to him. You know, unto a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord will no wise reject that person. Did you know that? Those are the ones he's looking to, those that are broken and contrite, because he knows that living in this world and living from him, you've got a big old bullseye right on your back that says, I'm following Jesus, come persecute me. And the devil sees it, and he brings all hell loose, and you feel like you're brokenhearted. And Jesus says, I know what you're going through, come home and let me heal it. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. See, God loves you, and he's drawing you. And in your broken heart, you are wounded. And Jesus is right there with the hand stretched out. And if you look closely, you'll see wounds in it also. And the stripes. And the crown of thorn, the marks they left. Because our God is wounded also. And he loves us. You know, I love that poem about the footprints in the sand. And I believe it so much that there are going to be times when we look back in our lives and we see the two sets of footprints, but there will be other times when we look back and we see only one because Jesus had to carry us along the way because we couldn't do it ourselves. Friend, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I just went through a real trying time myself and I know what is true and faithful and it's just, and that's the Lord. And I've never been through a trial that he has not delivered me from. Sometimes it's not right away. Sometimes it takes a while. But every time, he's brought me through. And when I get through, I know that God is able to do it. I was shared this, I think, once, maybe. I don't remember. Maybe I never have on the show. But I was doing a revival at a Chinese church. And there was an interpreter there. And I, I've spoken through interpreters overseas before. It's not a problem. Um, when you get good at speaking with an interpreter, you know you just get a rhythm established. Good interpreters, you, you start before they finish, and they start right. I mean, you just know when each person's done. But this Chinese interpreter, I couldn't get a rhythm going. And I, and I just, 
I, I was struggling so much. And I talked to one of the ladies there and I said, I'm struggling because it seems like every time I say something, he, he says so much more and come to find out he was putting his own interpretation on my stuff and adding a lot more there. And I was frustrated. And, I, and I'd fought this a few times, and I, and I was very, very frustrated that I felt like nothing could go through. And I remember that day I was there at their church, and I was sitting in behind him, and I just remembered back, Lord, you have been there so many times with me, and I, I'm in a situation again, Lord, where I cannot make this go smoothly. Lord, I can't handle this. I'm, I, this is not happening well, God. And I remember all the times I've been in the same situation at other churches or other places, where I've been in this deep despair where I can't get anything to come together. It's all blown up. And Lord, I remembered how you came through every time. And that day I put my trust in the Lord. Well, I should have done it earlier. You're right, but I was being stubborn. And I finally got up. And this was the last time I was speaking. And when I went to speak... I don't know what happened that day. All I can say is the Lord intervened. Because I had never had that translation that day went perfect. We were on time. We happened just right. It went the way the Lord wanted it to go because he was waiting for me to come to a place where I was willing to surrender myself unto him and let him do what I could not do. And in the moment when I got into the situation where I finally realized I am in over my head, that is when I turned it over to the Lord and he came through. And many times that broken heart, that sad situation, that feeling of you just can't get a break going through, God's asking, can you turn it back over to me now and let me take over? Because the Lord came. To heal the brokenhearted. Folks, our God is a loving God. And he cares about those who are suffering. And he has come to heal the brokenhearted. And I don't know what you're going through right now. But I ask in the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, that the Lord would deliver you. God is still on the throne. We are at the end of time. But the Lord still has a work to do in his people because there is a harvest coming. And I'm not talking about some nation revival where America will be back on top. I'm talking about winning souls in the middle of the battle for Christ. That's what I'm talking about. When the whole earth is falling apart, people are going to be coming to the Lord. And the Lord needs people like you and like me to be there ready to serve in action. Won't you seek him tonight? This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom.